0: This is Ria. Welcome to Little Salamanders for Tiny Frogs. Wait, that sounded wrong. Sorry, ah, oh, not enough sleep. Okay, I got it. This is Ria. Welcome to Little Frogs for Tiny Salamanders. That's not right. That, that's not right. Little staircases for tiny, ah, oh, how am I gonna figure this out? Oh, I have an idea. I have a sign outside my studio. Let me just go look. Hold on. Ah, that's right. I've got it this time. This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I'm clearly a little out of sorts today. You know, I'm not even sure which story I'm sharing, so let me just take a look. Oh, that's a weird coincidence. You're not going to believe this, but our story today is about a frog and a salamander. What are the chances? Also, it's about comparing yourself to others and why it's just Not a very good thing to do. Let's get to it. It's called frog and salamander. Take it away, Zev. Remember, there are no pictures. You have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, let's go. Frog and Salamander both lived on the banks of Wormley Pond. They were both green. They were both around the same age. And they were both writers. Frog had done pretty well for himself. He'd written some terrific stuff. And this was occasionally pointed out to him by a pond creature. Um, he have written some terrific stuff. Sometimes he would see one of his own books lurching towards him, teetering on the back of a snail, and the snail would ask him to sign it. And Frog always agreed to. But even as he signed his very own name in his very own book, he would be thinking about salamander. Salamander who was not just a writer, but the most famous writer in all of Wormley Pond. Salamander, who churned out new best-selling books as if they were mosquito cookies he was baking by the batch. Salamander, who probably didn't even know Frog, existed. Frog was so distracted by Salamander and all his shiny accomplishments that once, when a kindly snail, Frog was very popular among snails, when a kindly snail asked Frog to sign his book, Frog ended up signing Salamander's name by accident. Frog, seeing his mistake, panicked and scribbled over Salamander's name. Without thinking, he turned the scribble into a drawing of a monkey. It didn't make a lot of sense because the book did not feature a monkey, and when Frog handed the book back to the snail with his own signature scrawled next to the strange monkey drawing, the snail stared at it for an awkward amount of time, before mumbling thank you. Um, thanks? And sliding away in the grass. That particular snail never approached Frog again. Seeing as how Frog and Salamander both lived on the banks of Wormley Pond, they did occasionally cross paths. Each time Frog ran into Salamander, Salamander was busy clacking away on his typewriter or jotting notes in his notebook, or dictating notes into his voice recorder. The branches were covered in a light moss, the color of swallowtail caterpillars in the sun. Salamander was, simply, always at work. It drove Frog wild. Salamander was so productive, so conscientious, everything Frog was not. Frog was never writing when he crossed paths with Salamander. He was licking a flycicle, or skipping rocks in the pond, or doing pretty much anything except writing. And each time, Frog would stop in his tracks as a slew of thoughts rushed through his brain. Part of Frog wanted to hop right on over, interrupt Salamander's work, and say, Hey, Salamander, don't you ever relax? Why don't you go have a day off or something? Leave some crumbs for the rest of us. Another, more secret, part of Frog wanted to hop over, interrupt Salamander's work, and say, Hello, Mr. Salamander. It's an honor to meet you. I really admire your work, and I I loved your latest book. You're one of my heroes. These two warring parts of Frog seemed to tug him so hard in both directions that he couldn't move a muscle. So each time he spotted Salamander, he simply sat and stared. Frog was obsessed. He could barely focus on his own work when Salamander always seemed to be around, winning prizes. And the award goes to... Salamander! He's done it again. Giving speeches. Please, please, you can applaud me at the end. And generally outdoing Frog. It didn't help that Frog carried around a small radio set to the local news channel. If you had asked Frog... Um, hey, Frog, why is your radio always set to the local news channel? That's what you sound like, right? He would have told you he liked to keep up with current events around the pond. Oh, I I just like to keep up with current events around the pond. What he would not have told you was the real reason. To keep up with news about Salamander. So, as Frog went through the motions of being a writer, sitting at his typewriter, staring into the middle distance, tapping his pen against his desk, his brief moments of work were interrupted on a near-constant basis. Wasn't that just marvelous? That was the Wormy Wonders performing Squiggling Free. Next up, we've got a bit of news about Wormley Pond's very own best-selling author, Salamander. He's done it again, folks. Salamander's latest book has sold over 20,000 copies in the first... Oh, it was just torturous, this business with the radio. Occasionally, someone, like Frog's sister, gently interrupted one of Frog's rants about Salamander. Can he see how incredibly distracting this is for me? It's impossible for me to create under these conditions. To suggest that maybe, perhaps, he should stop giving Salamander so much of his time and attention. Um, have you thought about just ignoring what Salamander's doing? But nothing ever seemed to break through. One day, on the edge of winter, Frog was out hopping about, trying to dream up some new ideas for a book he was working on. He passed by a smaller frog wearing a blue hat who looked up at him with enormous shining eyes that seemed to follow him as he hopped. He passed by a fox whose eyes were not following him, thankfully. He passed by a moose dipping its enormous head to drink from the pond. And he passed by salamander. Frog stopped hopping and stared at salamander, who had perched his typewriter on a rock and was tapping away with fury. Frog knew the speed at which Salamander published books, but he could hardly believe the speed at which he typed. Then, all at once, it was as if whatever magic portal existed in Salamander's brain that allowed such unceasing flow of creative energy to issue forth Suddenly closed. Salamander sat back from his typewriter. Frog watched as Salamander placed the typewriter in its case. Frog watched as Salamander got up from his seat. Frog watched as Salamander began walking in Frog's direction. Frog froze. Salamander walked right by Frog as if he didn't even see him. Salamander even hummed to himself as he went. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, I just realized I may have left out an important detail about frog. Like, a really important detail. Okay, so frog, the one in this story, frog is an Alaskan wood frog. And Alaskan wood frogs do something very unusual and very interesting when winter comes. They freeze. Literally. The water in their body turns to ice. Don't worry. They thaw out in spring. Okay let's go back a minute in the story and redo that part now that you have all the information you need. Frog watched as Salamander began walking in his direction. A cold wind whipped through the woods. The temperature dipped, and all at once, Frog froze Salamander walked right by Frog as if he didn't even see him. Salamander even hummed to himself as he went. Frog could no longer hum. He could no longer hop. He could no longer write. He could no longer blink or turn his head to get a view of anything besides what was in front of him. He had a view of the pond, the sky, Rolling hills in the distance. Just inside his line of sight, Frog saw the smaller frog in the blue hat he'd passed by earlier on. The small frog seemed to freeze mid-hop. It tumbled to the ground, landing on its feet. It seemed they'd be frozen there, together, for months to come. The depths of winter descended upon Wormley Pond. The temperature took a dive. Frog remained, fixed, motionless. At some point a few days into his freeze, the batteries in his radio died. And you won't believe it, but he's done it again! Salamander has been awarded a. What was he awarded? Frog thought. What was he awarded? But that was it. All at once, Frog's world went quiet. Over the next few months, Salamander and Frog lived in two different realities. Salamander wrote chapters of his new book. Frog stared out at the cold winter landscape. Salamander was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award Frog stared out at the cold winter landscape. Salamander was invited to give the keynote address at a conference for the most celebrated amphibious writers in the region. Frog stared out at the cold winter landscape. Salamander finished his latest book, and it rocketed to number one on the bestsellers list. Frog was accidentally kicked by a hiker, went toppling across the grass, landed upside down, and stared out at the cold winter landscape. Salamander became the first salamander to visit the moon, and while on his lunar mission, he wrote a stage play that was then turned into a film that won every single film award for the entire year— and inspired a line of toys based on the characters, which also became bestsellers. Okay, Salamander didn't go to the moon. In fact, he didn't do any of those things during the winter at all, except for writing some new chapters of his book. But frozen in place, without his radio, Frog's imagination went wild. Finally, after so long that many animals seemed to have forgotten it would happen at all, winter came to an end. It seemed to happen all at once. One day, that wintry chill still whipped through the trees and glazed the surface of Wormley Pond with a thin sheet of ice. The next day, it was gone. The air no longer had any bite, The sky decided to shrug off the gray mask it had been wearing all those months. Animals that had been born during the winter woke up to a world they'd never seen and they couldn't have imagined. It was spring, and Frog unfroze. He blinked his eyes and flexed his limbs. He felt drops of water on his head from icicles melting in the trees above him. He glanced around to see if anyone was watching. And then, he attempted his first hop in months. It was just a small hop. Nothing too impressive. But Frog felt as if he were a tightly coiled spring finally, finally allowed to launch skyward. And that very day, The day the birds spent the whole of their waking hours practicing their songs, warbling to one another, clearing the long chill of winter from their throats. On that day, as Frog hopped about, he ran right into Salamander. As usual, Salamander was tapping away at his typewriter. Frog felt a surge of motivation. He was a coiled spring. He was ready to launch. He hopped closer, imagining how their first real conversation might play out. And despite spending the winter envisioning Salamander, reaching ever-impressive heights in his career, and leaving Frog even further behind, this is what he imagined. Uh, uh, hello, um, Mr. Salamander. Oh, hello? I, um, I, I just want to say uh, I'm a big fan of your work, Mr. Salamander. Really? Are you? Please, just call me Salamander. Hey, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. I know you. You're Frog, aren't you? Uh, yes. I am. Yes, yes, yes. Didn't you write that book, The Snail and the Sea? That was me, yeah. I loved your book. You should see my copy. It's completely dog-eared with things underlined on almost every page. You're a terrific writer. Also, sorry about all my obnoxious accomplishments. I'm thinking of slowing down, doing less. Hey, we should get together sometime over grilled cheese and talk about words. And Salamander would amble away, and Frog would nearly burst at being told he was a good writer by his hero-slash-nemesis. Frog imagined all this in a matter of seconds as he advanced towards Salamander, who was still typing away at his typewriter. And suddenly, Frog his senses still addled from being frozen in place for half the year. Suddenly, he was standing close to Salamander, awkwardly close. He took a small hop backwards and tripped over himself. Salamander, who until that moment had been totally absorbed in his writing, looked up from his work. Oh, um, uh, hello, um, Mr., um, Salamander. Frog stammered. Salamander looked at Frog and blinked. "'Hello!' Salamander looked back at the page he was writing. Without looking up at Frog again, he said, "'Greg, right?' "'Uh, excuse me? Isn't your name Greg?' Salamander said, his eyes still on his own work. "'Um, uh, no, it's—it's Frog.' Oh, oh, I I thought you were Greg. Greg, Frog, sorry, I'm not great with similar-sounding names. Well, have a good day, Frag. And before Frag, I mean Frog, could reply, Salamander put his typewriter in its case, swung it over his shoulder, and disappeared into the tall pond grass. Frog blinked. Well, that didn't go as planned. He stared into the pond grass, thinking maybe Salamander would emerge, laughing about the joke he'd just played on Frog. You should have seen your face when I called you Freg, Salamander would say, and they would go off and chat about words over some grilled cheese sandwiches. But Salamander did not emerge. The pond grass swayed lightly in the early spring breeze. Frog felt something touch his back, and he turned to see the small frog in the blue hat that had frozen near him for the winter. Um, uh, excuse me, Mr. Frog? Uh, yes, Frog said, distracted. He looked back at the pond grass, imagining he might see salamander in the distance. Uh, You you can just call me Frog. Oh, uh, okay, Frog. Um, I was wondering if I could talk to you for a moment about being an author. Because I'd like to be an author. Like you. Frog looked down at the small frog. Like me? He turned back to see Salamander, very far away now, trudging up a hill. Yes? just like you. I have very much admired your work and the way you always seem lost in deep thought whenever I see you. That book you wrote, The Snail and the Sea, that story is what made me want to write my own stories. Frog finally turned back and gave the smaller frog his full attention. Really? Yes, The small frog reached into her satchel and pulled out some crumpled papers. She smoothed them out enough so that frog could read them. Frog fixed his eyes on the paper. There was a story, a brief one. He read the whole thing. He smiled. (laughs) This is pretty good. It's funny. I like the monkey character. I actually wrote it before the freeze. I like to write something just before the freeze and then read it with fresh eyes when I thaw out. Hmm, clever writing process. Hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm Layla. Layla, you're you're a good writer. I should write more. Layla looked like she might burst. She was smiling so wide. Her eyes were so big. Frog was struck by how much his words affected her. And at the same time, he understood that his approval of her changed nothing. She already was a good writer. She had been all this time. She might think him saying so meant something he was charmed by that, but he knew it didn't. In that moment, Frog felt as though his heart, having somehow remained frozen minutes longer than the rest of him, warmed up and started beating again. They said their goodbyes, and the small frog with the blue hat hopped away wobbling a bit from just having regained the ability to move after a long winter, but also from just having been told by her hero that she was a good writer. Frog tried to piece together what had just happened. Life is weird, he thought. Life is really weird. Something in him had shifted. As Frog hopped through the greening landscape of his home, It occurred to him that in some ways, he had been frozen, not just for the winter, but for his whole life. He'd allowed himself to remain paralyzed, focused on all the wrong things, focused on a salamander he could never be. A salamander who was, simply, a different creature altogether. Frog was himself and he had his own work to do. Frog left his radio, with its dead batteries, under a tree, knowing it would be a found treasure for whoever came across it. He gazed out across his homeland. This felt like the first true spring of his whole life, the one where he unfroze his life. He had seven months until his next freeze Seven months stretching out before him. Seven months to write. Seven months to create. Seven months to become the deep-thinking, hard-working frog. His biggest fan imagined him to be. He hopped off to begin. Comparison. We all do it. I mean, not me. I mean, I never compare myself to other writers. Okay, okay. You've dragged it out of me. I do it. But I really don't do it that much because I've learned from those very few times I've compared myself to other people that it makes me boring. And it makes me feel bad. And it makes me totally incapable of doing things like writing stories for you. I don't like it. Whatever you're working on, whatever your path is, try to keep your eyes on your own typewriter. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, there will always be someone better. More impressive. Someone with a larger collection of socks with pockets or... I don't know, cooler sweater vests, or more published books. We live in a world that encourages us to compare ourselves to one another. I'm trying not to. Want to try with me? Also Alaskan wood frogs are amazing. If you're not familiar with them, look them up. They're truly fascinating little creatures. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories in the internet for all of you to enjoy. Special thanks to Zev for this super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you to Orly, Sammy, Callie, and her dad, Paul, for the awesome sound effects used. In this story, you can visit my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com to shop for Little Stories for Tiny People merch. You can email me at ria at littlestoriestinypeople.com. You can send me intros, sound effects, artwork, stories, or you can just say hi. I love to hear from you. And thank you, as always, for listening in.